Second Floor Sports, Matthias Wam and Ben Carlton, special guest, Jordan Foote. Very good friend of my roommate. That's how I met him. Um, writer for uh, Sports Illustrated for the Chiefs, the Arrowhead Report. You can follow him at Twitter, at Footnoted. That's with an E at the end. And I say that because uh, talking to Tyler, my roommate that Jordan went to school with, um, he tried convincing me that your, na- your last name was pre- pronounced Footy. Um, and this you was, would fall for that, wouldn't you? No, I didn't fall for it, but mm, I was just right, was freaking right, out. Right. Uh, this was like 10 minutes before we're going on air. So I'm <laughs> glad that I'm pronouncing it right. I appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, for sure, man. And my condolences that you have to live with, Tyler. I know that's probably <laughs> pretty rough. So I'm sure he's listening, but I wanted to get that out of the way to start <laughs> off. So uh, obviously you write for the Chiefs. Um, before we get into the X's and O's, I want to just hear what it's been like um, because you're our age, so you're young and you're already mm-hmm. writing for the uh, Super yeah. Bowl, uh, defending Super Bowl champions and possibly back-to-back champions. Mm-hmm. And I know in your bio, I don't know if you still have it, but you had it for a while. It said Patrick Mahomes' favorite writer. I was, that was going to be my question I, at the end of the podcast, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I ended up taking that out because I think I added like – I added something else, but I ran out of characters and like, I'll probably uh-huh. bring it back. Cause that's like a pretty major flex. Like, <laughs> so, uh, no, I wrote an article on Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how he's closing in on the goat tight end crown, like let alone the best tight end crown. And mm-hmm. like, I got a notification that said Patrick Mahomes retweeted blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll check out whatever he retweeted. Cause I had notifications on for him. Uh-huh. And like, it was my article oh, wow. from sports illustrated. I was like, Oh my God. So um that that's been a running joke that Mahomes reads my stuff and likes it but he obviously just saw Kelsey and and hit retweet but it's kind of a cool thing that Man, I if I were in your shoes I would run with that title too you kind of oh, oh it, for right? sure <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it was a uh, really crazy experience okay so let's let's get into the X's and O's right it's Super go. Bowl week and obviously we have to start with NCAA football is back, baby. <laughs> Obviously, this came out earlier today. Just tell us your reaction real quick, because I was at work and I was reading it and I was like, the sons of bitches. They did it. They finally did it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm glad we can cuss on the podcast now that yes. I've, I've learned that. Yeah, so for it. I literally, yeah, I was scrolling down. And I was like, holy shit. Like, no way. <laughs> like, I, I did it because like people have talked about it and they've hinted at doing it. And I was like, they'll never do that. Those bastards, whatever. But I finally saw it and like they have the they're not going to name the players and stuff like that which kind of it yeah. doesn't defeat the purpose but it's a little annoying I think because then you have to download rosters and all that crap but I mean it's a positive step and it's gives me another reason to buy a PS5 so I think that that's <laughs> a positive but I mean it, I was really stoked to see that yeah I mean I've been playing NCAA I don't even have 14 I've been playing NCAA 13 on my Xbox 360 since I don't think I got it like in 2013 because I have a mm. weird thing where I don't buy games the year they come out. You know, like yep. Matias and I always joke on the show about how we used to still play 2K NBA 2K13 up until like That's two no years joke. ago. That's not. That's not I, we joke about it, but we do it. I mean, I've got probably like seven different like the Road to Glory game modes still saved, and I'm running with like my you know. So I think I've got a safety at Oregon as who I've been playing a bunch of lately, and so I'm I'm just super excited to get that franchise back going again. That was one of my favorites. Still, honestly, is one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the biggest loser, I will we'll move on to the actual, uh, yeah, actual meat and potatoes here, but I saw my, my heart just dropped for, um, for, um, for Joe Burrow. Right. He said, he was yeah. like, my, my dream was to be on the cover. And of course, like the first time it's the year I graduated. Anyways, uh, 
is it fair to assume that you're a Chiefs fan? And I know you're not allowed to say that, but like. Since since I'm on the pod with the bros, I guess I can say yes. I mean, and and okay. like I, I haven't graduated school yet, so I still don't have that like official media like badge or whatever that yeah. people get. Yeah. Like so I still root for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think like even the people who say that they're objective, like they obviously still root for the Chiefs. So yeah. I've been trying to like the hardest thing was not saying we when referring mm. to the Chiefs, and that uh-huh. took me forever. I still, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, we're going to beat them, and I'm like, oh, I can't say that. So, um, But at the end of the day, I think we always just root for them. And how can you not? Like, with yeah. this team, they have, yeah. how can you not root for them to do well? Are you, and you're talking to a Patriots you? fan, and it's yeah. uh, not me. Yeah. So I, I think Matias <laughs> yeah. has got a couple of reasons to not root for him. It's okay, though. <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't know. You know when, when the when the dust settles, you know, our, our time is over. There's very clearly a <laughs> – a new sheriff. Like your time's over. Yeah. Did you grow up a Chiefs fan? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I did. Um. I've been in Kansas City my whole life, so mm-hmm. um. That was pretty cool to just. I went all the way down to A. I did that thing for your Met Tyler and all those guys, and then came back mm-hmm. up and um stumbled into this opportunity on just sheer dumb luck. So it was a, a pretty we'll good thing. It. Yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. All right, well, at this time, we are actually going to get into the storylines <laughs> of the game. I mean, it's there's so many fun ways to kind of frame this game up, but I guess the number one storyline, at least in my mind, is, I mean, we really are looking at a changing of the guard. I mean, it's Mahomes versus Brady, new versus old. And I saw, I forget where I saw this. I had to put it in the rundown, but I couldn't find the article. But they were talking about, you know, obviously, yeah, I do that all the time. There's... <laughs> There's so much already written about Mahomes and now he's on the fast track to goat status. And like the kid, he's got one ring. You know, you can't, you can't call him the goat yet. You can't even sure. say he's close, but to beat Tom Brady in what could be one of the last Super Bowls of his career has got to be as huge a step as he could take to, you know, he's already on the fast track, put him on like the, the double fast track practically to goat status. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Matias probably has really strong feelings about one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Um, but like it's hard to call anybody other than him the goat. And like I'm big on I had my Aaron Rodgers stage where I was like, he's the best quarterback ever. I had my Peyton Manning stage, but like mm-hmm. those accomplishments have to match up with your play at yeah. some point. And Mahomes is like the only guy right now that has that opportunity to do it. So I think that it's it's kind of like a LeBron MJ thing where if LeBron would have retired early, he obviously wouldn't have been considered the GOAT. People are mm-hmm. still resisting that, so um, he's going to have to earn his stripes for sure. But this is a pretty big opportunity to do it. And it's pretty crazy, right, that uh, we all agree, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is not the GOAT, but like he sure. is very much on the track. It's right? very easy to see how he yeah. ends his career like that. I mean, sure. I don't you know, barring some awful turn of his career, I don't even want to get into it. It's like... I mean, he's the best quarterback. Just think about the way he started his career. His first two seasons as a starter, win a Super Bowl, win an MVP, win Super Bowl MVP, already the most dominant quarterback we've got in the league. I mean, we'll talk about this as we get into some of the more nitty-gritty stuff here, but it's like he's in that rare, rare echelon of players where it's like you can have a perfect game plan. You can have a tremendous defense with playmakers all over the place, but sometimes, and more more than sometimes, a lot of the time, Patrick Mahomes is just going to kind of say, okay, that's cool. I'm going to you know, put this ball 70 yards on a dime to Tyree kill for a touchdown. He just has that. It's so cliche, but he's got that it factor that frankly, not a whole lot of people can ever get to say they have. Yeah. And like, he is the definition of 
like no 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 and then he pulls out the play and you're like oh okay that wasn't that bad like <laughs> he they had to coach that the hell out of him like he was really raw like shout out to Alex Smith for helping him for that yeah. for year like I think that really helped a lot but man like people bring up that Kelsey and Hill are all-time weapons and they obviously are but they're having the best seasons of their career with Mahomes. Like they had mm. Alex Smith as their quarterback and we're still good. The team was good. But um, I think that we just saw that with the Rams and Goff then trading for Stafford teams are about raising their ceiling. Like yeah. no one wants to be that team that gets to the playoffs every year. And is like, well, we made it like, that's it. So um, Mahomes is literally the definition of like raising that ceiling and making you like a, a perennial Super Bowl contender instead of just playoff. Mahomes reminds me, and like you said, the no, 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 yes. Like he reminds me yeah. of, um, was it that play where, where Steph, like the first year that he went nuclear, where he's just dribbling in between everyone. Oh, all the Clippers. Back for the three. And, uh, and Kerr is just like, he's like, he's just like, he's like, I don't know what, to, he just shrugs it off. He's like, I don't know what to do. Remember listening to the podcast, Matthias is doing like the hands on his head. Just like, what yes. are you doing? Oh, no, he, he drained that. Okay. Thanks for cool. explaining. <laughs> um, I mean, but he, Every time, right? Because we look at last game uh, against the Bills, like there were a couple of times um, that, you know, they played Mahomes well and they contained him and it mm-hmm. looked like they were going to get the sack. And then he just pulls some Houdini shit or, you know, he, he finds a way to make a play every single time. And it's so, again, it's so cliche, like Ben said, to call it the it factor, but it's the it factor. I mean, if, if we were playing Madden here, like he would have that superstar, like power mm-hmm. up or whatever it's called. Yeah, no, he he's insane. Like I run out of words to use to describe him. Like when yeah. I write something about Mahomes, I'm like, I've called him great, called him fantastic, I've called him crazy, I've called him illegal. Like I don't know what else to, <laughs> to, to call that guy. He's he's crazy. What's your favorite way that you've described Mahomes? Um I think like I've used him as the boss, like the final level of a video game. Mm-hmm. And like at the age of 23 24 25 to like be at the the (laughs) pinnacle of the league like you can't do anything about it like it's the game you literally can't beat and he just it keeps getting harder every time and i think that like physically he is where he's going to be for the next several years but mentally he still has room to grow i think which is that's the terrifying thing is like he he processes the game so quickly and makes such Mm -hmm. advanced reads that you don't see guys his age make in the nfl and it's his third full year as a starter like yeah, he's only going to get better. That's the craziest part. Uh, just a couple other kind of like, like overarching storylines here. There's been so much made about uh, the Tom Brady and the Bill Belichick divorce. And you look at what happened with the New England Patriots this year, being a non-factor, not competing for a playoff spot, despite what Matias was trying to convince me the last few weeks of the season, that the Pats could somehow, somehow that the Pats could have made the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I, I can't resist. Um but Brady without Belichick has kind of not missed the beat. I don't know if you saw what Danny Amendola said about, you know, oh, it's not the Patriot way, it's the Brady way. Mm-hmm. But here we are, another another Super Bowl where it's like, all right, Tom Brady is here again. Much to my chagrin, much to, you know, most non-Patriots or Bucks fans are not thrilled with this. But sure, 43 years old, he hasn't missed a damn thing. And I, I have mixed feelings about it, like, the last seven weeks of that season, Brady was there. They didn't look very good. Brady didn't look very good. He didn't have many weapons to throw to. Edelman was banged up. Um, then you had all the COVID opt-outs. You had Cam Newton trying to fit into a run-first system, which you would think would work for him. Um, he didn't have anyone to throw to. The defense wasn't quite as good. So 
it's honestly remarkable that they Cam were in Newton the playoff hunt. Sucks, yeah, Cam Newton, Cam Newton was also bad, so that definitely didn't help. Um, I remember the first like three weeks of the year, people were freaking out. Oh my god, how did you let the how did the NFL let the pass was, get Cam I was Newton? One of those. Same. I was, I was like, I was about to yeah. pick him up in fantasy. I was like, oh man, like mm-hmm. Cam Newton, how is he doing this again? And then you know, people realized that he couldn't throw the ball. And that you want to feel better, uh, and I'll let you get to back to what you were saying. Uh, a friend of mine who was a Panthers fan loves Cam Newton. Uh, mm-hmm. drafted Patrick Mahomes 10th overall in fantasy. And then by week two traded Mahomes for Cam Newton straight wow. up. Oh my God. Let's just say that... he finished as the worst team in the league. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> safe to say. I mean, like, dude, I think Bill gets a little bit too much crap from people. Like he's obviously not a bad coach, but to see Brady go to a system that doesn't even really suit what he does. He's not a vertical passer at this point. He never really was. Um, besides when he had like Randy Moss and shit like that but to see him do that like that is what solidified him as the goat for me like any doubt that I had to see him do that and get back to the Super Bowl I'm like this dude he's a badass dude like there's (laughs) nothing you can do but he's just a badass dude and to see like him and Arians have had riffs throughout the year um, they haven't had that real moment where they've gelled together as a team and they're in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. what if next year they gel together? Like, what what's going to happen then? It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nuts, right? Because we all saw the numbers for, you know, Arians the first year that he has the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, he can morph them into whatever. You look at Carson Palmer. Like, he had that fantastic season. Mm-hmm. But the big takeaway is also they turn the ball over a lot. And that's, you know, the, we saw a lot of moments where we were like, why does Brady look like he's in his third season and he's like missing a read? Like this is mm-hmm. the greatest player of all time. And then you saw the progression as it went on. And you know, we'll talk about the chiefs bucks game during the regular season in a little bit, but they haven't lost since then. And a big part of it has been that offense finally looks like it's comfortable with itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let, let's get right into it. Um, we, we have one other question before we talk about big matchups to watch. Uh, and this is a really interesting one. We, this came in through our mailbag, but we decided to put it up at the top because this is a good way to segue into the actual matchups and what will determine the game. What player do you think has the most to gain or lose from this game? Man, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Really? Like not, wow. not as in he's going to be looked at as a bad quarterback if he loses, but if he wins, that puts him squarely in that goat conversation for better or worse like I still won't consider him the goat even if he beats Brady in the Super Bowl but if he loses against Brady that's going to be hard to swallow like you lost to the best player you couldn't complete that mission like I really thought long and hard about that question like I thought about the Chiefs just have a bunch of established guys like there there Mm -hmm. really aren't a ton of and Tom Brady he doesn't really have anything to lose at this point so um, I'm sure you guys will name off someone that I just couldn't bring up but I, I just figured it would be Mahomes for me well, and I'll, I'll, I'll go here instead of you, Matias. I mean, I don't, I got to disagree. I don't think it's Mahomes. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you can only lose so much when you lose a Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Sure. I mean, the dude's seen it all. There's, you know, I've been talking about this with my dad all week long. It's like, oh, wow, Brady is back in the Super Bowl. Like, they're, they're, it's not really all that surprising when you think about it. Like, yeah, there were questions early in the season with the Bucs. And it's like, could Brady keep it up? Is he going to adjust to the downfield passing game of Bruce Arians? And, you know, the answer to all those questions was a fat yes. Mm-hmm. But fair or not, if you think about the way that narratives get shaped, you look at like the LeBron James finals narrative, which mm-hmm. Matias and I will both stand here until we're blue in the face and say LeBron's the best p- basketball player that we've ever seen, probably will ever seen play the game. 
but he gets knocked for his finals record. It's not necessarily deserving. He went up against the Warriors three times and lost two of those, obviously. Lost to a, a, you know, a fun Mavs team. Tom Wait, Brady you're loses. Missing you're missing one. The Spurs, of course. Sure. <laughs> Tom Brady comes into the Super Bowl and loses. Yeah, okay, he's six and four in 10 Super Bowls. That's It's, it's not necessarily logical to say that that should be a knock on his career. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be something that people talk about. Six and four, at least, and this is all just kind of speculation, not speculation, but, you know, narrative and framing it. Mm-hmm. Seven and three looks a hell of a lot better in my eyes than six and four. Well, especially like the revisionist history, like in 15 years, when the next generation looks at the records, they're not going to remember that it was Brady's first year in that system. So I definitely see that point, like mm-hmm. the Aaron Rodgers thing, where like they're not going to put into context that. Brady played like shit in that second half and Green Bay couldn't seal the deal, but Rodgers had a good game. Like they're going to look at his conference championship record and say, this dude was a choke artist. So um, that's at the end of the day, you know, it's a win or a loss. You can talk exactly. You can talk as much as you want, but he's lost four straight conference championships. Yeah. Yep. And I I like that point by Mahomes too, because especially we saw this season, right? Like Aaron Rodgers had a chance, like, they were the best team in the NFC all season mm-hmm. and they had a chance for Aaron Rodgers to get Super Bowl number two, which is a big one. It's not just, you've been there one time you won, whatever, maybe you got lucky, right? Drew Brees is probably going to retire without a second Super Bowl. Mahomes gets that second Super Bowl already. Like, I mean, he's got as many Super Bowls as Peyton Manning at that point. They're not. Well, he would, he would like top Brady's record for the youngest quarterback to win multiple yeah. Super Bowls. Just add more fuel to the fire as Mahomes, you know, not so slowly climbs up that ladder of greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, Ben, you put it in the rundown too. First repeat since the Patriots. Like there's so many different things that connect him and Brady that it it, it would just push him in front. I want to. It'd be kind of poetic justice for yeah. Mahomes to beat Brady. What could, mm-hmm. you know, father time's undefeated. Brady is doing his damn best, but at, at some point Brady's going to fall off and is not going to be that mortal lock to make it to the Super Bowl. I want to talk about Travis Kelsey's legacy real quick, because that's obviously not the person who has the most to gain or lose, but like Travis Kelsey, you want to talk about someone who's on the fast track to being the goat at their position. Like Travis Kelsey's there too. And he gets Mm -hmm. another super bowl. Like he's there with Gronk. I mean, he's, he might be there with Gronk already, but like two super bowls back to back. Like that's, that's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, you're good. Go ahead. I was just going to like, basically just talk more about Travis Kelsey and I could do that for the whole thing. <laughs> we'll get into plenty of Travis Kelsey. Don't yeah, worry. We'll be good. We'll, we'll, we'll hit on Travis Kelsey. Let's start going through some matchups. Um, first one that we highlighted, it, it starts and ends with this. It's Tyreek against the Bucks secondary. Uh, the first game that they played in week 12 in the regular season, uh, you know, he did okay in the first quarter, 203 yards, two touchdowns. I think Ben was actually playing against, uh, I was playing against Tyreek Hill in fantasy yeah. that week and ended up winning <laughs> oh, for man. what it's worth, which was pretty remarkable. That's impressive. It, it was my week, man. Um, winners win. No, not in the super, not in the mm-hmm. finals. They don't. We don't need to get into um, that right now. I wasn't going to set him up like that. My bad. <laughs> The sore spot, Jordan. Come on. And two leagues, too. That's the worst. I said we weren't going to get into this. We're not going to get into this. Um, I'll I'll, I'll ask a question because you you can take the lead here. Uh, What were you taking away from that first game that you're bringing into this Super Bowl matchup now? Because obviously it was a lot of one-on-one coverage with uh, Carlton Davis, or as we like to call them on the show, Ben Carlton Davis. That's my co-host's name. Um, But, uh, you know, they're obviously not going to play single coverage on him the whole time. They barely even played man in that game. So let me ask you. It's kind of a baffling decision in the first place that they played so much one-on-one against Tyreek Hill. Let me ask you the impossible question. 
how did the Bucks stop Tyreek Hill? <laughs> they call it the impossible question. question for what it's yeah. worth. Um, I think it's the same thing as like stopping the Chiefs offense in general. Like you have to force them or dare them to run the ball. You have to play a lot of shallow zone, um, too high help over the top. Like really if Tyreek Hill beats his man, the safety is not really going to be able to do anything about it. If Tyreek Hill's running down the field, like that's just, that's how it is. He's that yeah. fast. But um, it, if you play man, the chiefs can shred man. They have a bunch of zone beater plays. They can dink and dunk you down the field, which that first year when they almost got to the super bowl, they couldn't really do that. They wanted the big player, nothing. Now this yeah. year they can take those slow methodical drives. Like if you blitz, you have fewer men in coverage. Mahomes shreds people against the blitz. Like it, it is insane. But I think for Tyreek, you have to, press him at the line of scrimmage and hope that the play ends before he can just dust your guy. Like really you just have to stay in front of him and be physical with him. I think. Yeah. And we'll, we'll touch on this a whole lot throughout this, the Super Bowl preview, but it, the bucks have to get pressure on Mahomes with just the front four. Yeah. And it's like you said, you can't really blitz Mahomes. He's one of the best. It's like, it's sort of like the book on Brady back in his, you know, really in his prime, you couldn't blitz him. If you were sending six, seven guys at him, he was going to dot you up no matter what happened. Like, yeah, maybe you get through once or twice, but he's too smart. He's going to recognize the blitz and he's going to throw right over your head. You know, if he sees the corner coming off his weak side, he's throwing it right that way. Cause he knows that's a soft spot in the coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talk about playing like too deep against Kansas city. That was kind of the narrative on what Buffalo was going to do in the AFC championship game. <laughs> and against too deep last or two weeks ago against Buffalo Mahomes went 11 for 13 for 104 yards. He had absolutely no problems with it. And that's just another crazy way that Mahomes has, has upped his game and, you know, in a way, in a guy that you, you can't even imagine him getting any, getting better year after year, but he does. Like you said, in the first, the 2018 AFC title game, the chiefs Pats when Mahomes was, and the chiefs were constantly looking for that big player. They didn't have that patience. And even some earlier this season, we did, we saw the sure. chiefs getting a little bit too aggressive and constantly looking for those deep shots, which obviously they have no problem hitting them and they can hit them as much as anyone in the league but they've gotten so much more content with it's like, okay, you want to play 20 yards off the line of scrimmage and give us these 10, 12 yard plays. Go for it. We'll take them. We'll march up and down the field. No problem for us. I mean, it's Matias phrased it exactly right. What, you know, it's an impossible question. How do you slow down Tyreek? How do you slow down the chief's offense? It's uh, there's a reason I'm not a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's really tough. And like, there's no, if there was an answer, then the chiefs wouldn't be in the super bowl or they <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have been so dominant. Like, People bring up those close games. Half those close games, they just got out to a lead and then, like, got bored and took their foot off the gas. Like, it's not even Mm -hmm. that they were struggling in all of those games. It's just that they have a formula that works, and when that formula doesn't work, they have backup plans. Um, It's remarkable that they're doing this without a lot of their offensive line. Like, they've missed several guys throughout the year, and I think that if any team can really capitalize on that and get pressure, like, last Super Bowl, San Fran was abusing the Chiefs' offensive line for – three quarters. So I think yeah. that the only way the bucks are going to be able to take care of this game and beat the chiefs is if they can do that. Like you said, Ben with uh, four guys. Yeah. And uh, just, just to wrap up on the, uh, on, you know, the single high coverage versus uh too deep look. I mean, j- just a couple numbers to show how frustrating it is because he was best in the league against single high coverage. And if the Mahomes. Bucks learned anything, yeah, Mahomes was. And if the Bucks learned anything is that you can't play single high coverage. It's just not mm-hmm. a good idea. Um, yeah. But then when you play, you know, two deep looks again, you know, he ranks 13th. So obviously that you, you can't just throw it in all the time, but that's probably the formula. And Ben, you gave the number 11 of 13 against 
um, against the Bills. But then when Tampa did it against him, he went 23 of 28 for 216 yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, look, we, we've seen... That's after throwing for 200 yards just yeah. to Tyree Kill in the first quarter. <laughs> and, you know, that that's one of those games that, that you had just, you know, referenced, Jordan, is that... I mean, the, the, the score was close. It was technically yeah. a close game, but the Chiefs... It was a one-score I mean, game. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chiefs were in control from start to finish of that game. At no point did you really think the Bucs were going to win that game. Um, so, I mean, we know the Bucs have really talented corners. We know they have good physical corners, and you know they play sound defense, and obviously we'll, we'll get to the blitz and putting pressure on, but, like, I don't know, like looking at that game, kind of getting ready for this one, have you seen anything that the Bucs might be able to exploit or that they might have an advantage of? It seems crazy to think, but. Yeah, it it really all comes down to what they do up front. I think it's that front four, like the secondary, if Sammy Watkins is back, that's going to be even a bigger plus for the Chiefs, which he's trending to play in that game. So um, it comes down to how much pressure they can get. Like if the Chiefs patchwork offensive line, can somehow hold them off just a little bit and give Mahomes some time. Like he's healthier than he was against Buffalo. Like the chiefs kind of schemed him into rolling out to his right instead of his left, a bunch of yeah. short plays. He still found ways to do Mahomes stuff. So I think that, man, if, if this was a couple weeks earlier, I think that the bucks would have a better chance, but since the chiefs kind of have their, their bearings together um, as much as they can with so many injuries that it's going to be rough. Well, I know Matias and I got into it a little bit, uh, after the Browns game where we saw that Mahomes, obviously the concussion was an issue, but more, we were, we were more concerned about his foot, especially because we found yeah. out like the Tuesday of that week that the concussion, he was out of concussion protocol, all that. We were saying like, Hey, it's the playoffs. They're not going to, you know, they're going to keep running Mahomes. He's such a weapon with mm-hmm. his legs, blah, blah, blah. But against the bills, he really didn't do a whole lot with his legs. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like it slowed the chiefs offense down, but when, even if, you know, the bucks are getting pressure with the front four, if they're not disciplined with their rush lanes and keeping contain on Mahomes he'll hurt you with his legs as much as anyone in the league. I mean, he's no Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, but I mean, he's an athlete. He's no Cam is, Newton. Yeah. He's no Cam. Yeah. He's no Daniel Jones. <laughs> if we want to go that way. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's really interesting. The Bucks got five sacks against green Bay or two weeks ago. And all five of those are with a four man rush. And obviously there was a ton made about could Aaron Rodgers have scrambled for that last touchdown and Rodgers back four or five years ago is mu- much more of a threat with his legs than he is now. Mm. But the Bucs are going to have to worry a lot more about keeping contain on Mahomes. And sometimes, not more than sometimes, that comes at the cost of like actually getting upfield and getting to the quarterback. You can't necessarily sell out and have Jason Pierre Paul end up, you know, 12 yards down or 12 yards upfield and Mahomes can just take off right through that open lane. It's 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 such a pick your poison game with trying to control this Chiefs offense. Yeah. And like Mahomes has had problems really throughout his entire career. It's like really the only flaw that I've noticed with him he takes these really, really deep drops, like sometimes literally 15 yard drops, like where I don't care how good your tackles are, they're going to get beat. And like, he gets the ball off in time, but it also collapses the pocket. So I think him getting injured almost made it to where he knows he has to stay somewhat in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And if he steps up and takes off right up the middle, you're doomed. Like, I think that it's a blessing in disguise that against the bills he wasn't doing that crazy stuff and was kind of playing a almost a boring game and still there were like a handful of plays where you're like only a few quarterbacks in the league can do real that. boring game when you put up 40 plus and 40 points exactly. in the championship game. Real extremely boring extremely boring game by patrick Mahomes. i mean we you know that that huge sack that you were talking about like we saw that against miami like he took mm-hmm. that huge like 30 yard 20, sack yeah, it was ridiculous 
but he again like he's so dangerous when he scrambles and it's not just what he does with his legs it's you know that it factor that not a lot of quarterbacks have um it's that you know um it's what he can do it's what Aaron Rodgers can do it's what Josh Allen can do is that you're out of the pocket the defense plays perfectly and he still makes a play and it doesn't matter and you're just like shit like what are we supposed to do about this and I mean we keep talking in circles here but there's no way to stop these Chiefs like there's a reason they're in the Super Bowl and like again hell if defensive (laughs) coordinators aren't going to come up with it like we're not going to come up with that game plan either no. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough decision all the way around. But there is one way that the Bucks could win this game. And in my eyes, um, and I think you guys probably agree, this is probably the only way, and that is up front. Um, so mm, yeah. the Chiefs only have two offensive linemen that they started the season with. Um, they just lost Eric Fisher, another tackle, done for the season, which that, that that's just brutal. I mean, you, you get yeah. hurt in the conference championship. You don't get to play in the Super Bowl sucks um and the bucks have been really good up front not just their you know their front four but it's their front seven um that have been good and you know we know what todd bowles likes to do you know he likes to blitz a lot um you know tell me what the bucks can do to expose this chief's offensive line that hasn't been bad but i mean if you're gonna pick a weakness it's it's that yeah they've they've just got to do their thing i think and hope that they can create pressure with four guys. And that's really it. Like you can rush five if you want to, or put a spy on Mahomes, maybe do something like that. But you have guys like Jason Pierre, Paul, you have guys like Indominus Sue where they're not quite what they were in their primes, but they're still damn good players. And as a unit, that front four can be toe to toe with pretty much any front four in the NFL. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with a backup left tackle, a backup right tackle, your left guard wasn't the guy who started like this chiefs, literally just a patchwork rum bum offensive line somehow looked okay against the bills. Like it was actually one of their better showings of the season, which I mean, that isn't saying much because it was so bad for several weeks, but um, I think Mahomes can kind of help them a little bit. If they, if he helps them, um, then they can return the favor. And I mean, you just got to get the ball out quick. I think the longer Mahomes holds the ball, it's a catch 22. Like you don't want him holding the ball because he makes crazy stuff happen, but the longer he has the ball, the more likely you can get pressure on him. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, we could go around and around about how the yeah. Bucks might have a chance, but it's it's just a really tall task they're facing. And you mentioned possibly keeping a, a spy in on Mahomes a bunch of the time just to further limit his ability to run the ball. You, know, you think about who might be doing that spy. It could be Levante David. It could be mm-hmm. Devin White. It could be Antoine Winfield. But, of course, you take any one of those three guys out of coverage – yeah, you know, I'm assuming one of those three, if not two of those three, are probably going to be very involved with covering Travis Kelsey all game. Are you going to commit a spy to Mahomes and at the sake of leaving Travis Kelsey in single coverage on a key third down? I mean, that seems mm-hmm. like a seems like a recipe for disaster for Tampa. Yeah, yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, somehow JPP has kind of turned it around uh, in mm-hmm. pass coverage, which I, I just I, I don't understand. Um, no. if, you guys, <laughs> if you guys are, you know, thinking what I'm thinking, um, but <laughs> yeah, I've I mean, got to hand it to him there. He really uh, oh come on has done a really oh. good job doing that. Um, oh, I think I'm exhausted. Being a Giants fan, I think I've exhausted all my JPP hand oh. puns, but I, I appreciate <laughs> that one. Um, so you talk about you know Mahomes getting it out quickly and things like that. They can beat that pass rush. Um, you know there there are a lot of times where you mention you know if if they got to bring someone up like a Devin White or even a Win uh, Antoine Winfield who. He had a mm-hmm. huge game a couple weeks ago, and he was big for them last week when they were trying to bracket coverage on Devontae Adams. I mean, how much can you afford 
to take him out of coverage and, you know, play at the line of scrimmage. You expect to see a different game plan that we usually see from the Chiefs. You think Mahomes is just going to get the ball out in 1.5 seconds every time and Romo is just going to blow a gasket? I I think that it could be either. And I think that a lot of it's going to depend on um, what they see early on in the game, like after the scripted plays wear out, what is going to happen. Like if they're getting pressure, I don't think it'll take them as long as it took against San Francisco last year to say, okay, maybe we need to get some short passing involved or try to run the ball or something like that. But if they have another, like people think Tyreek Hill's guaranteed for a hundred yards in the first quarter. I don't think Tyreek's going to have nearly as big of an impact it's hard to have 200 yards in a quarter yeah. and thinking that he'd even have 100 is pretty ridiculous. So um, I think that Kelsey is going to be like the X factor that if he's getting open, the chiefs are just going to routinely keep moving the chains and moving the chains. But um, if Watkins is back, that makes it a lot harder. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what chiefs game plan comes out. Cause they can do both like this year, they can dink and dunk or they can take those big plays. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but that's kind of for our predictions at the end, so I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here. I appreciate it. So uh, we'll go with what team is going to blitz more. Uh, Kansas City, when they played, blitzed 48% of their plays, um, and we know Brady struggles this season, um, which, you know, if you're he's the 19th-ranked quarterback against a blitz, I mm-hmm. believe, um, which is still not terrible, but it's a big drop-off from fifth yeah. when there are only four people rushing him. Um what is what does that Kansas City defense do? Because that's kind of the matchup we don't talk about that much. We figure the Kansas City offense is going to get their own. Um, the Bucks defense is probably not going to keep up. They're probably just going to be holding on, like that Derrick Henry Old Spice commercial where they're he's just dragging <laughs> everyone along. Um, but I mean, what about this Chiefs defense? Because they haven't been terrible. Um, but this no, Bucks no. this Bucks offense has been red hot. Um, what are they going to do? Are they just going to blitz the shit out of Brady? Because their offensive, I didn't, they didn't have Ali Marpet last game, which yeah. we both went. We both went to a D three school. Love our D three pride on here, but <laughs> all jokes aside, he's a fantastic. He's line. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I Steve Spagnuolo always gives Brady fits, which mm-hmm. I mean, the, the legacy yeah, thing. Like, yeah, I know Ben knows pretty well about that. So um, it, it's going to be really tough to see like the Chiefs can have several members of their secondary come in and blitz um their linebackers rarely do it so it's going to be frank clark chris jones um whoever the hell they have along or it's not like those two are world beaters in terms of no, pass it, ability exactly. but they're good they're exactly. a good like, duo when jones needs to take over he can clark has been pretty underwhelming this season mm-hmm. um but i think that's also because like they don't really have anybody else that is a menace against the pass rush they don't have that third guy so i think that Spagnuolo is going to throw the kitchen sink at Brady. And I think that the game against Josh Allen was probably the best game he's called in a few years, like since he was out of the NFL or since he came back to Kansas city. So it's, I think he's going to throw the kitchen sink at Brady, but also Brady has seen pretty much everything he can see. So it's, it's hard to get home on Tom Brady, especially with all the weapons he has. He has a full complement, good offensive line, um, stuff like that. So I think that I'm going to lean chiefs are going to blitz more just because I think Tampa we'll be able to get pretty good pressure with four. Yeah. I mean, you look at Tom Brady against five or more rushers in the week 12 game, 11 of 20, 146 yards, which actually is not, six yards ain't bad. Touchdown mm-hmm. and two picks is where you really see that, that pressure. And you mentioned the, the bills game. I thought that I agree. I think that was the best games that Spagnolo has called in terms of when he chose to dial up the pressure, either with Tyron Matthew off the edge with a Jarius Sneed on a slot mm-hmm. blitz. It's such a great job of mixing up the looks and, you know, 
yeah, Brady's seen every, you know, well, let me backtrack. Josh Allen's obviously a much younger quarterback, has doesn't have the experience, especially the playoff experience that Tom Brady has. So he really looked completely caught off guard. But Spagnolo and especially the Chiefs secondary, they've been together for two full seasons now. They know, or they're not just they know, but they're able to play such a variety of different looks throughout the game. It gives Spagnolo kind of like a joker card where he can he can get really creative and get really weird with the type of coverages and, and blitz packages he's calling. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we're back, we'll talk about the X factors. Keep talking about that offensive line. All right. So Spags is obviously going to throw some looks at Brady. He's had some success against him in the past and we know what he can do against the blitz. How about just player V player matching up because Mike Evans was uh, blanked the last time they played. I think Breland was on him for the majority of the time, but like mm-hmm. we've said a couple times, like this Bucks offense looks a lot better than they did even when they met in week 12. Obviously you're not going to throw that out, but I mean, how But also you can't, you're not banking yeah. on Mike Evans of all people getting shut out. Exactly. Again. Yeah. So w- w- what do you think the chiefs are going to do here to stop this stuff? stop this Bucks offense or to a lesser extent, is it kind of just like the chiefs thing? Like, do you just kind of just try to drag them down and wait for a mistake? Well, I think the huge thing that really no one's talking about heading into this game. So Juan Thornhill tore his ACL really late last season took all year really to get back into form. Looked like Daniel Sorensen was basically that second safety Mm -hmm. for the chiefs. Like Thornhill did not look good. He literally looked like, a brand new player last game against the bills. Like he was flying around the field. He was confident. He was making big hits. He had an interception that was dropped. So with him at the top of his game and Legarius Sneed as a rookie, just completely balling out, he can play in the slot that lets Tyron Matthew do a little bit of everything. Like that's what you want Tyron Matthew to do. Exactly. He's being literally the honey badger now and just doing everything. He's covering tight ends. He's covering wideouts. He's in the slot. He's blitzing. He's the single high safety. He's doing everything. So I think that really Thornhill playing better football couldn't have come at a better time for the Chiefs because it allows really everyone to do different things. But like you said, Ben, Evans is going to get his. Like there's no way he gets blanked out again. Um, I think you put Breland on him just because Breland's the most physical corner on that team. Mm -hmm. But he's also the slowest. So if he gets beat by Evans, Evans is going to go for six. So it's a a catch-22 for sure. They have some talent on that offense. Yeah. That they do. Um, and I mean, uh, like, it's not just him, right? The, the question becomes, too, what do the Bucks do at their number three receiver? Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the X factors we were going to get into, um, not to dump too into it. But, you know, does Scotty Miller play more than Antonio Brown? You mean I mean, the fastest player in the league, Scotty Miller? Yeah. That, that's Scotty Miller? <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, the most Brady slash Patriots receiver ever, Miller. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, you know, AB wasn't wasn't healthy when they played the Packers. So he didn't play, obviously. And Scotty Miller had that big touchdown catch uh, at the end of the half, the one that gave Ben an aneurysm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, do they do they just say fuck it and just put, you know, five receivers out there? Probably not, right? Because, I mean, I'm half joking when I say this, and I'm also not joking. Like, Leonard Fournette needs to have a really good game. And it's not necessarily rushing the ball. It's just – when they blitz them, Leonard Fournette needs to be able to pick it up. I know there was a really good athletic article that Ben and I were both reading um, that, you know, detailed a couple of times that he like missed it or he was a little late. Um, he missed it on that Jair Alexander interception, which is still, it was awful. But if the Chiefs are going to put that much. Fournette completely whiffed on his yeah. assignment. I mean, they broke yeah. it down on the athletic article and yeah. 
ran the play fake to the wrong side of the, to the yeah. wrong side of Brady and missed the free blitzer coming off <laughs> led directly to the pick. Yeah. It, it's, it, I mean, obviously there's a reason the chiefs are the favorite in this game and they are, let's be frank. They're clearly the better team here. Like yeah. the, mm-hmm. the bucks need to play mistake free football. Yeah. And that's really the formula to beat the chiefs in general. Like, you have to play mistake-free football. You have to hope they make a couple mistakes. You have to capitalize on those mistakes, which is easier said than done. You have to, like, the most tired narrative about beating the Chiefs is, oh, just run the ball and control the clock. Like, the Chiefs are still going to get nine or ten chances to score the football no mm-hmm. matter what, no matter how. And they do better when they don't have time to score. So I don't get the whole run the ball and – settle for field goals and keep them off the field. If you're not trading seven for seven and you're trading three for seven, you're setting yourself up for disaster. There's, there's no good way to beat the chiefs besides getting a little lucky, playing a great game and hoping the chiefs partially beat themselves. Well, the crazy thing about the chiefs is we've, we've seen them make mistakes in playoff games. Exactly. In the bills game, they were down 10, nothing. I mean, I, the chiefs Texans playoff game from two seasons ago apart from like the giants two plus super bowl runs probably my favorite nfl playoff game i've ever watched mm-hmm. like the, the chiefs were down and out that game was over and then they came back to win by 30 i mean like the chiefs can make so many mistakes offensively so many mistakes on special teams can give up big plays defensively and it doesn't phase them it doesn't it doesn't bother them at all it, it's it's the it factor we've said it so many times but you I, you should have told Sean McDermott that you can't settle for three against Kansas I was going to say. Apparently yeah. he didn't get that memo. <laughs> you could but tell Sean exactly McDermott right does not listen to second floor sports. That's for Clearly sure. not. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Not, well, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes wasn't always reading your articles, and now he does. Well, and Sean well, McDermott's, gonna... McDermott's going to have a lot of time in the offseason to listen to podcasts. So I think he uh, <laughs> he might have already got a head start on that. Hopefully he's I not hope listening so. to this one, though. <laughs> yeah, we've, so, we've talked a lot. I'm just going to – if I can make this point real quick, yeah, yeah, we talked ahead. a lot about, you know, where the chiefs hold a lot of advantages offensively, defensively. And it's because they hold a lot of advantages over this Buccaneers team. But one spot where I'm looking at the bucks where they can really hammer home an advantage and kind of press their edge here is in this athletic article that Matias and I were talking about, we can even link it in the, the show description, the bucks in short yardage spots, the article didn't define what short yardage runs were. I'm guessing three yards or fewer. Yeah, I feel like that's sure. a fair assumption for short yardage. Uh, the bucks converted a first down on 87 and a half percent of those plays. And the chiefs allowed a conversion on 83% of, of short yardage runs. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you can't necessarily just play ball, you know, game control the clock, run the ball, tick things down and not like Kansas city get the ball back. But if the Bucs can stay ahead of the chains and end up in a ton of second and second and manageables, third and shorts, that is a huge way for the Bucs to control the game clock. And, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. You do want to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands as much as you can. But that is really the only major advantage I see for this Bucs team is their ability to run the ball for first downs in short yard situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the Chiefs play much better run defense when they're in dime, but – if you're on a running down, you're not necessarily going to be in your dime set Mm -hmm. and they're going to be playing their base um, package. And that's going to allow them to probably be susceptible to some, some chunk runs. And even if it's four yards and you're on a third and three that moves to chains and you're moving on, like the chiefs don't have those guys up front and the momentum to make stuff like that happen. And Fournette's a pretty big dude. Like he, if there's one thing Leonard Fournette can do, and he's had a pretty good playoff run, um, not completely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He hasn't completely rebuilt his image, but a lot of people, including myself, are 
are coming around on him. He can do that type of stuff. Like Ronald Jones is kind of a more fun player, but Fournette, he's the dude you want to kind of run down a team's throat. And I think that this really, um, like you said, and the data supports it, will benefit the Bucks. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because I mean, we're we're looking for anything that the Bucks can use, <laughs> and we're like, well, you know. If they run the ball uh, when they need just three yards, like that could be good. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously that's important, but look, I, I really, I really said this and I did truly believe it when the chiefs played the Browns, I was like, the Browns should try to go for long runs, like long drives, like try to keep mm-hmm. the chiefs off the field and then just pray to whatever God you believe in that they turn the ball over and you get an extra chance. And mm-hmm. that's not what happened. And honestly, I'm done. I'm off that train. I don't think that could happen. Like, I we're starting to transition here into our X factors and we'll get to what you think. But one of the ones that we put here was Mahomes doing Mahomes things. And I, my best explanation for that is, is any of this going to matter? Like the, the oh. chiefs, the chiefs are a good team, right? They were the favorite That's coming into the season, them. right? Like the, the chiefs are a good team. They're coming. They came to the season as the favorites. They were still the favorites when they entered the playoffs. And even that was, they hadn't been the, those dominant chiefs. Like they weren't blowing no. teams out and now they come into the playoffs and they have two of their best games. So is anything going to matter or are the chiefs just going to go back to back? Like, I mean, it's hard to say. Cause like last postseason they came from behind every game and even in the Super Bowl they came from behind. Yeah. So you can be the better team and still have stuff go against you in those types of games. And really with Tom Brady, he's going to capitalize on those. Like Josh Allen may not capitalize on mistakes, that stuff may turn into 21 nothing against Tom Brady or something like that, especially with that defense, and it's going to be harder to come back on them. But, man, if there's one thing about Patrick Mahomes in, like, 95% of the games he's ever played, he will find a way to eventually be Patrick Mahomes. Like, mm-hmm. you can stifle him for a little bit, but he's eventually going to do something crazy and get the team back in the game. And they really – they've lost, what, one out of their past 20 20- – six 27 games now i mean like it's it's insane what they're doing so um he's gonna do mahomes things but it's just up to tampa to if he makes some of those mistakes they have to score off of those yeah Mm -hmm. luckily for tampa they have i mean we we saw we saw against the saints and going back to my good friend tyler henry poor guy (laughs) he's a saints fan that hurt like that was that was tough. And it's, it's so hard. Cause you can be mad after and you're like, fuck, we just lost to Tom Brady. But I mean, look, you handed that game to Tom Brady yeah. and he's not someone who is going to squander those opportunities. No. And he didn't have a no. great game against, uh, against green Bay. Like he had a shitty second half. Um, <laughs> and it's truly remarkable. We've said this in our recap of the green Bay game, but the fact that Brady in the second half against green Bay threw for 80 yards and three interceptions and held on to win the game is truly like kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the Super Bowl, like, and this matters, right? Mahomes has been there before, but I mean, Brady basically founded the Super Bowl at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not, he's not gonna hand you a game there. Like, they no. have two weeks to get ready, and you can say all you want about Andy Reid getting ready ahead of, like, after a bye week, and that's true. Like, that's terrifying. The Chiefs but, cook after a bye yeah. week. But yeah. like, like, no one has been here more times than Tom Brady. Like, if there is something he's gonna be for this game, it's not gonna be unprepared. No. So how much yeah, does that how much does that matter? They're going to be ready. Like it literally it comes down to I think the two things. Like literally the only two things that I think make a difference are mistakes and I think that those are going to be 
coming into play because of pressure. Like if the Chiefs get pressure on Brady, he's going to make mistakes. Mahomes is going to make mistakes no matter what, because his really aren't because of pressure. His are, I didn't see this or I threw it up and got picked off because I thought there was a penalty, but it was like just simple things where he's still a young guy that makes mistakes. Brady is, Oh shit. I have to get rid of the ball. Cause I don't, (laughs) yeah. Brady's an old dude. He says, Oh shit. There's this 300 pound dude running at me. I have to get rid of this ball really quick and kind of tosses it up and gets picked off. And that does happen. So it comes down to mistakes. And I think who can really phase the other quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think another, another interesting line to look at here in terms of X factors is when Brady was with the Patriots, you know, they love to push, you know, this is the, you know, anti-Patriots fan of me talking. Mm -hmm. They love to push the whole, you know, no one believes in us narrative. No one thinks we're going to win. Like it wasn't quite that. It was more, no one wanted them to win. Yeah, (laughs) Brady is a legitimate underdog in this game. No one thinks Mm -hmm. the bucks are going to win. He's the the good guy. He's the good guy. I wouldn't go that far, but (laughs) he is actually an underdog for the first time in a long time. And yeah, he was an underdog in in the play in his two playoff games by Vegas's standards. But Matthias Mm -hmm. and I talked about this when you're like, you throw the lines out and when you're just kind of thinking about who you expect to win a game, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. Exactly. I haven't talked to a whole lot of people that truly believe that Brady's going to win here. I haven't talked to one. And like, obviously I'm in Kansas city. So people really like, I try to just call it like I see it. Like if the mm-hmm. chiefs came into this game, just not playing well, I'd be like, Brady's going to kick their ass, but man, it doesn't even have anything to do with who they're playing against. Like the chiefs, I just believe in them that much. So it's people I feel bad for Brady almost because he really can't do much more than he's doing right now at the age of what, 43, 43. Yeah. And he's just running into this seemingly juggernaut type team. Yeah. Buzzsaw. That's the chiefs. I mean, and this might be the beginning of like a multi-year dynasty. Like we're already, we're already probably in it, but they win a second one now and they go back to back. It's like, okay, like, this is gonna. This is the future of the NFL, even though sure. it already is. I, yeah, I was gonna say it already is. Like, where's yeah? Where does this Chiefs team go? Yeah, you know, yeah, but I, I and like again, it, it's hard. Yeah, they're, to not, they're not gonna have Tyreek and Travis Kelsey forever. Andy Reid yeah. will retire at some point, but they've still mm-hmm. got that that guy uh, Mahomes. He's like he's. Uh, he's yeah. I've good. heard of him. Well, yeah. heard my him point, before. my point being, and like, and Ben hates when I make these like loose comparisons, whether it be oh, in boy. the sport or across oh, sports. <laughs> but my point with that dyn- that whole dynasty thing was, I look at the Eagles, right? They won the Super Bowl bear with me. They won the Super Bowl and then you were like, okay, they're young, they have a bunch of people under contract, like there's no reason they shouldn't just be in contention for the next couple of years. And then mm-hmm. they weren't back. The Jaguars to a much lesser extent cuz they cuz they had Blake fucking Bortles what? as their quarterback. Yeah, but, Blake Bortles and Nick Foles are who we're talking about. I mean, look, we're all we're all big we're all big uh we're all big NBA fans here too. Sure. Think back to the OKC Thunder, right? They had they had those big that big three, and you're like, okay, they'll be here for a while, and then they never made it back. Like it's hard to make it back. We know we're in this Chiefs dynasty, but you don't know you're in the dynasty until you're in it. And like, you win a second one here, and like you are very much in it. Like, yeah, this well, is, it's a wrap. And like. So Matias the thinks one. the Chiefs are like the Jags. Let's just get that. Yeah. Right yeah, he thinks that Blake Bortles and Mahomes are similar. But all, all jokes aside, like the number one thing I I don't hate it, but I just kind of laugh at it is, oh, they'll be back. And literally at the end of every single big playoff game or AFC Championship, Super Bowl, end of the regular season, you hear them the commentators say, oh, this team's not going anywhere. They'll be back. And like you can tell by the inflection of their voice 
you can tell by how you feel about that team within about five seconds if they're going to be back. Like when Jacksonville took Brady to the edge, they said, oh, Jacksonville's – I'm like, no, they're not going to be back. Like, you can tell. You can (laughs) tell. Bortles is leading them back to an AFC title game? Like, I don't know. Like San Francisco with Garoppolo, they said, oh, they're going to be back. And granted, had they stayed healthy, they would have been a playoff team, obviously, and been pretty good. I was like, I don't know. I feel like this was their shot to do it, and they Mm -hmm. couldn't close the deal. So, like, really the only team – and player that I feel confident in saying, Oh, they'll be back. Tom Brady could be back. Like it's really hard to bet against him. And then obviously the chiefs. So it's very rarely do you have those. We'll be back. And you actually believe that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a couple other X factors, but we wanted to hear yours. What what do you think is going to be that big X factor in this game? I don't want to, bang the same drum or beat a dead horse. I think it's going to be pass rushing. Like that is literally the only thing that I've been thinking about all week and simultaneously like confident that the chiefs will handle it, but also terrified that the bucks will be able to get home on uh, Patrick Mahomes several times, but man, it, it's going to come down to who can get pressure. I really think that that's the thing. They both have talent all throughout the defense. They both mm-hmm. have talent all throughout the offense, great quarterbacks, great coaching. It's going to come down to, if the Chiefs can get pressure on Brady or if they can get pressure on Mahomes. I, I just saw Ben's life just flash before his eyes because he's a big <laughs> offensive line guy. So you yeah. say you're just thinking about pass rush the whole time. He's like, no, 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 don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, say that? that's a huge story. Yeah, it's like, it's, and I was, well, I think what you saw me like lost in thought about was if we see a Super Bowl kind of like the, the Pats Eagles Super Bowl, where it literally mm-hmm. comes down to one strip sack, one turnover, one batted ball that that goes that turns into an interception i mean i i don't necessarily think this game's going to be that close you know or mm-hmm. you know brandon graham gets that one strip sack on brady and that turned out to be the difference in the game thanks ben you're welcome <laughs> but seriously I, I don't think the game will be quite that close but it could come down to just you know wow crazy cliche it could ter- come down to a key turnover late in the game yeah um, and the, the last one we had for our X factor was uh, you know, our chief, the Chiefs' weapons outside of Tyreek and Kelsey, and the Bucks' weapons outside of Evans and Godwin. We had talked about, you know, what do they do with AB? Um, what do they do with Cameron Brait? What do they do with uh, Scotty, fastest player in the NFL, Miller? Um, and then what do the Chiefs do with Nicole Hardman? Um, and I, I'm going to save my comments on Hardman, and I, he's been cleared now to play. Um, but I have a very important question for you that we're going to save for our mailbag and for our, our prop bets. Um, but I mean, what player outside of those main guys for either team, do you think it's going to be the biggest to step up? Cause you had mentioned Sammy Watkins and he hasn't well, yeah, really say, been let's, healthy. Let's last with the Chiefs Cause Watkins looks like he's on track to play. Yeah. No, I, I was going to go Sammy. I think that if Sammy, like that is the duality of Sammy Watkins, like injured for so many games, ineffective for so many games, and then literally just comes out of nowhere and has like 200 yards. And His three one touchdowns. fantasy relevant game yes. every year. For yes. draft and them. it's usually, it's usually week one yeah, or week I've two, like early before. in the season. <laughs> yes. So um, playoff Sammy was insane last year. And I feel bad for the guy because like his injuries have really ruined his free agency market and stuff like that his career Um, at this point yeah pretty much and i mean for a team like the chiefs though i don't want to look too far ahead if watkins comes back for cheap that helps them but also man it's i think it's going to be sammy and mccall hardman like i want him to be a really good player in the nfl but if you can't return punts without fumbling the ball if you can't create separation if you can't run the full route tree. He doesn't have the size to be that X receiver like Watkins does. Like when he was drafted, people said, Oh, 
well, if Hill's back and Watkins leaves, you can just put Hardman over there. I'm like, X receivers have to be a different Yeah, you have to be able to do certain stuff, and Hardman doesn't check those boxes. But, man, when he's in the open field, he's as good as pretty much any player in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you saw that huge jet sweep they had last game, uh, and mm-hmm. over on the Buck side, who do you think is that that big X factor? I'm gonna go fastest player in the NFL, Scotty <laughs> Miller. I think that man, if the Chiefs don't really face a lot of guys like that, and they they don't get burned by guys like fastest player in the NFL, Scotty Miller, <laughs> I'm never just gonna call him Scotty Miller. Um, no, you but, can't anymore. And he really he really yeah. dug his own grave with that one. Yeah. Like, and you I, love the confidence. You love the yes. bravado to go on national mm-hmm. media and be like, I'm the fastest player in the league. But like, you are quite literally playing the guy who is the is fastest the... player in the league. Wait, he's not playing and, Daniel Jones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty does have wheels. Like, that Absolutely. dude can run. And I think that um, it always seems that maybe it's just a Tom Brady thing that the random – white guy wide receiver like just absolutely destroys the opponent repeatedly yeah. every time they play in the playoffs like it's Wes Welker Amendola Edelman or the whoever like, I've had that conversation yes I and I hate, hate it how many times over the years I'll tell you I, I I'll tell you it. what it is yes. I, I, I have the answer for you it's the Patriot way that's just all it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting off the zoom I'm gone it's the Patriot way Oh, all right. Okay. We have some really I, fun. Well, I just want yeah, I just want yeah. to get the one point in. My, yeah. my dad was making this joke a lot when you're we watching the, the Bucks Packers game and also the Bucks Saints game. Gronk mm. is good for essentially one catch a game at this yeah. point. Yep. But mm. you can pretty much count on that catch being good for a first down, being I who the hell runs a screen pass to Rob Gronkowski? Hey, the Patriots yeah. used to run yards. that. When when yeah. Gronkowski okay, was able to Patriot way. Yeah, Patriot. yeah. <laughs> when when like Rob Gronk what, Wow, when Gronkowski didn't run a 40 time, that's like maybe a couple tenths of a second faster than ours. It's like <laughs> Gronk can't move anymore, but Arians found the right time to dial up a yeah. screen pass to Rob freaking Gronkowski and it went for 30 yards. Like he can't necessarily he had a count big on game. Him. He had a big game against the, the Chiefs. He had like 100 yeah, plus did. yards, I think. Yeah. In the like, second half, he just absolutely shredded them. And the, yeah. the Brady Gronk connection still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get to the fun prop bets we have. Um, we're gonna we're we're gonna get to our predictions and our actual bets later. Uh, first one, we'll start simple. Um, MVP, uh, Mahomes leading the field obviously at plus one ten. Then in order, Brady plus three fifty, Kelsey plus fifteen hundred, Tyreek Hill plus sixteen hundred, Mike Evans plus twenty nine hundred, Chris Godwin plus three thousand two hundred. Any defensive player plus nineteen hundred. You guys both picked. Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a cop out answer. So I picked Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's absolutely a cop out answer, but it's the quarterbacks. Either quarterback is going to win it no matter what. Like, no matter what the st- it's Brady versus Mahomes. And I think that, like, it'd be fun to see somebody else win it. But realistically, I think it's it's one of those two. I, I Before you got on the call, Jordan, I was looking through the bets and Matias and I were talking. And I asked Matias, in what world do the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? And Travis Kelsey is the MVP instead of Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think the only situation is like we end up in like a 10 7 game where Travis Kelsey catches like the lone passing touchdown to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But if we end up in a 10 7 Super Bowl, I don't know what timeline we're living in. Brady's had some stinkers. I mean, that Rams one, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, I just well, wanted to get a shot at Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're more, take some more. I have no problem with that. <laughs> well, okay. Well, like, let me, let me run this scenario by you, right? Oh like say. Is okay, this the one and, where Blake no, no, Bortles no. is the same as Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm notorious for my crazy scenarios. This actually isn't one. Um, but <laughs> okay. I mean, imagine, imagine the Chiefs win 28-21, right? There's one rushing touchdown. 
And Mahomes finishes the game with 300 yards and three touchdowns. And Patrick Kelsey Mahomes wins MVP. Kelsey finishes the game with like 10 catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. Like Patrick is it Mahomes th- wins MVP. Is it that crazy to think that Kelsey can win it at that point? Yeah. In that scenario, I think it's Mahomes. But like if if it's like 21-17 and Mahomes like is pedestrian for most of the game, but throws two touchdowns and like two picks, and Kelsey has like 150 and a couple touchdowns I think that it kind of begins getting into that convo but if the Chiefs put up a bunch of points and Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over a lot it's going to be Mahomes like even if they were all rushing touchdowns by various people they'd say oh Mahomes got them there and you're the Super Bowl MVP it's unless we're looking at like the like Malcolm Smith winning the Super Bowl MVP with a fumble recovery touchdown a pick six you know game of his life like that's the only time you basically see a non-quarterback win it I more so I more so was thinking value wise um, and also well, it's not value when he, it's not value if you don't win. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. Uh, let, let's get into the fun stuff. Uh, first person to be thanked by the MVP. Uh, number one is the teammates, which includes coach. That's big. Uh, plus 250 fan slash city plus 300 God at plus 500 family slash family member at plus 600 healthcare workers at plus 900. That's an interesting one. The- I, I almost wanted to go with that. <laughs> that's so. a good one. The owner plus 2,500, uh, which is interesting. And the field plus 7,500. You guys both picked teammates, including coach, at plus 250. I picked family slash family member at plus 600. That was more so just banking on just maybe something. Do you think Travis Kelsey, like, thanks his girlfriend or something? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I thought – I honestly was going to pick God at that point, but I figured, like, plus 600, plus 500. Let me me go. God, I'll juice it up a little bit. God Got is it, 500. Matias, I respect your I respect your willingness to kind of think outside the box. Me and Ben are Thank just you. rolling with the, <laughs> just like, the favorites. Yeah, yeah. yeah Matias, if you want to take you know these bets with with me, that's fine. That's totally fine with me. I'll, I'll we can work oh, something okay. out there if you just want to like Venmo <laughs> me the money now. But uh, I, the only I, yeah teammate is you know it's the chalky answer. Yeah, I could see healthcare workers just because they're going to mm-hmm. have seventy five hundred healthcare workers at the game. Obviously, that's like the storyline of the season. But if I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP, which I do, he's exactly the type of guy who gets up there. I couldn't have been there. I can't do a good Kermit the Frog voice, but I couldn't get up there without my teammates. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I honestly, fan slash city is not bad either. Like, no, that's, that's that's a good one. That's solid. And that's especially, I think if the Bucks win, because we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about, you know, is, does home yeah, field true. advantage even do anything? I don't think so at this point. Like, no. But like in a normal year, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. In a normal year, it's huge. Uh-huh. But it's, it's pretty wild, like how crazy things are that like the Bucks are literally playing at home for the Super Bowl, and like we haven't There's even no mentioned there. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. I if the Bucks win, I think you know, uh, like fan, like the city, like that. It's a wrap. Like that's gotta win, right? Like we couldn't have done it without this, like the the city and the fans, like especially Brady, like his first year in Tampa. I yeah. think that yeah, he, it's either gonna be the teammates or the fans. And I think the fans slash city would be a, a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one over under Tony Romo saying, let me tell you, Jim, it's at two. I took over hammer over. the over yeah. hammer <laughs> like, the over like 50. Like it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I love Romo, but it's going to be way over two. Cause I think there's just going to be like, it, we're going to, we have another one where he predicts plays too. Uh, but it's just like, let me tell you, Jim. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> please salivate. I am really good. excited. I'm really excited to have Nance and Romo do this game. Yeah. It's two really smart teams, two amazing mm-hmm. quarterbacks. We don't have to say any more about it, but like, like this is the perfect game for Romo. And this is something that Tyler and I had talked about. 
if your team is playing, you probably want uh, Michaels and Collinsworth. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but like I've hmm. seen enough. I've seen enough Patriots games on Sunday Night Football. Like that's why I won't calling a Patriots game. But like now, here's a guy. <laughs> now look, Brady here does a great job. But like yeah. if, if it's like two really good quarterbacks, two really smart defensive coordinators, something like that, you probably want Romo's Colin awesome for that. And then if you're yeah. watching like a Saints or like a Cowboys game, you'll take fucking Aikman, right? As long as it's not Dan Fouts. Like watching the Chiefs and Chargers have gotten early season games for the past like three years. And every time like it was Phillip Rivers and then Herbert, they'd make like a five-yard dump off. Oh, what a what a smart play by Rivers slash Herbert. And then Mahomes would like uncork an 80-yard bomb. Yeah, that Patrick Mahomes just takes too many risks, blah, blah, blah. Like if you if you played for the team that you're broadcasting for, I, I don't think be that should be yeah. allowed. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, but the over-under, uh, this is a fun one, on how many plays does Tony Romo correctly predict, not just the amount of times he tries to predict the play. Mm-hmm. They've got it at two and a half. I'm taking the under there. I think Me both too. these teams are going to have – have incorporated too many wrinkles into their like standard game plans for Romo to really be spot on with that. Call me crazy. I'm taking the over in the second half alone. Wow. I think it's going to happen three times in the second half and maybe at least once or twice in the, the final couple drives of the quarter. We like, uh, um, we like going for conspiracy theories here on second floor sports, going for the, <laughs> for, going for the tin hat. Yeah. Tin hat me thinks Okay, this is the Super Bowl, right? You have this is the most like non-football fans you're gonna have watching a football game. I think they're gonna make it a point to not make the game overly complicated, which could go both ways. Because if That's Romo, a hell of a tin hat you got on, I, hey man, I, t- I get it from the best. <laughs> like Romo explaining plays like is good because they understand what's going on, but like if he's getting too much in depth, like. Mm-hmm you're confusing people i don't think romo will be able to help himself (laughs) seriously i don't think he will well (laughs) it also brings up like i guess i should have asked by correctly predicting the plays in the entire thing or oh watch out for so-and-so here running this route and then that's what happens i think that's really romo doing his whole romo thing where he like literally is like oh they're running x y slant doubles okay no no no. (laughs) okay then i'm taking the under i thought you meant like Oh, watch out for Legarius Sneed. He's going to run a blitz here, blah, blah, blah. Like not, no, this no, is the yeah. entire, okay. A lot like pen drawing on the screen yeah. entire thing. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna I, I guess I didn't really specify. That's yeah. hmm. I'll, I'll go with the under then. Okay. Uh, well, uh, okay. Zoom hates us. So we have 10 minutes left. Um, so let's just roll through the rest of these and get to our mailbag. Um, odds to perform with the weekend. Drake is the odds on favor at plus 400. Maluma is plus 600. That's who I took. And then Futures plus 800. Ben took him. Yep. And Lana Del Rey coming in at plus 1100. Jordan, you took them. Any, uh, a- any thought go behind that? or Drake uh, Drake is recovering from a ACL slash meniscus. I don't remember which true. injury. Okay. So ACL. I don't know. He I don't know if he wants to be. Recovering yeah. from his ACL injury. I don't know if he wants to be jumped around on stage. Like, I didn't know who to pick. So I just went with Lana just for the hell of it. I went with Future for no other reason than I would love to see Future perform. Yeah. Ben role. just wants to punch yeah. a hole through his wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's Maluma because they had a, uh, was it Hawaii? I think was like in the like Billboard Top oh, 100. So oh, like, I didn't even uh, thought about yeah. that. And like, you know, they want to bring more Latin, uh, more Latin They're artists. In Florida. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a sneaky pick there. Yeah. I like that, especially because I if Drake's if Drake's on the uh, the DL. Yeah, that was a good tinfoil hat there, Matias. Thank, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, let's get into our mailbag. We had a couple questions. We'll, we'll, come we'll in. close with the predictions. Yeah, 
Uh, first question, more combined receiving yards, Kelsey and Hill. And we have to give a shout out to our good friend, Stratton Dravanos, who is really bad at spelling. So he spelled Kelsey K I E L C E. Have to give him that <laughs> shout out. So who do you think has more, uh, combined receiving yards, Kelsey and Hill or Evans and Godwin? Oh man. I'm going to kick it to Ben real quick. Cause I don't know what my <laughs> answer is going to be yet. <laughs> I got to go Kelsey and Hill. I mean, not to spoil things, but if you've been listening to this episode, you, I think, have a pretty solid idea that we all are banking on the Chiefs to win here. So I'm going to – I got to roll with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek on that one. I think yeah. – yeah. go ahead. No, I, I agree. I thought that I read three names for some reason. I okay. saw three when I was reading through the doc. I think that if it's Kelsey Hill versus Edwin's Godwin, it's got to be Kelsey Hill. I'm going to go Edwin's Godwin. I think they just barely squeak it out in some like somewhat garbage time, like trying to get back into it. Sure. That's possible. Uh, do you agree with the spread? No, short and sweet. It's minus three. Think that's I'm fair? fine with it. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with it. I think it should be a little bit more like maybe four, four and a half, but I'm fine with three. I think regular season game attire, but in the Super Bowl, for them to come out with anything, and a, and a Super Bowl that should be relatively close, if they mm-hmm. came out with like Chiefs by six, I think people would, lo- I think yeah. Vegas would lose a ton yeah. of money on that. Yeah. So I, I agree. Minus three is fair. I would have gone three and a half, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. <laughs> uh, will the Bucks D be able to keep up with the chiefs offense? I think we've all come to that conclusion that the answer is probably going to be no, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have to spend much more time on that. Uh, make a break outcome for each team. So you talk about, you know, pass protection. What is the one thing if the team doesn't do that, they will absolutely fail. The chiefs are going to struggle if they make mistakes, if they can't take care of the ball. And I think the bucks are going to struggle if they, allow the Chiefs to get pressure on them. Ben? I don't think the Bucs can win this game with Tom Brady playing the way he has three of the last four quarters. Miserable game. Not a miserable game against the Saints, but by no means impressive. 199 yards and two touchdowns for Tom Brady is nothing to write home about. Great first half against Green Bay. Miserable second half. With Brady not playing at – not like he's peak Tom Brady anymore mm. – but with Brady playing as up and down as he has, if he doesn't put together four full quarters of football, I don't think the Bucs have a shot. I think if uh, if the Chiefs do not take care of the football, they're going to lose because Tom Brady is not going to pass up those opportunities. And I think if the Bucs cannot hold up against the Chiefs pass rush, whatever that may be, they will lose. Uh, last one, running back prop bet. Obviously, probably not going to see a lot of rushes <laughs> from the <laughs> Chiefs in this one. So the prop is 30 and a half yards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is Ooh. minus 112 and Williams is minus 106. You can only take one player who you take. It's got to be Clyde, especially yeah. since he's going to be back and getting carries like Daryl the barrel. He's going to be that third <laughs> down, like running it down their throat type of dude. But man, I think it's going to be that type of game where Clyde's going to be the one to get it. And we haven't seen him the last couple of weeks, really. Exactly. So, well, that's why I'm going with the barrel. I don't think Clyde's okay. going to be quite ready for action. I know he obviously he's, he's, you know, we actually, we, I honestly meant to bring this up, but getting Clyde involved in the passing game potentially occupies one of the Bucks' phenomenal linebackers and it makes it mm-hmm. harder for them to cover Travis Kelsey. But I'm going with Daryl Williams on this one. Mm. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Clyde just because I have to you know, fight up against Ben. All right. <laughs> prediction time. Oh, I think it's just us. Okay, I'm going to go first. I had 35-28 in favor of the Chiefs. I'm going to bring that down to 35-24. I think the Bucks. Wow, where did you go? Where did you 
Where'd you get that score? Oh, prediction? is that yours? No. That is exactly oh, my score prediction. God damn it. Thank you. Okay, I'll make I'll make it. You know what? Just to not have the same as you, I'll make it 38-24. The Chiefs tack okay. in a field goal there for okay. good measure or something. Um, I, I think this the Bucks offense just at, at one point is gonna go three and out, and the Chiefs are gonna be like, all right, we're just gonna pull away now. I well, think the T that... is kind of spoiled by prediction, <laughs> but I got 35-24 check Kansas City here. Man, I, I think it's gonna be typical Chiefs fashion. They're going to be up like 31 to 14 heading into the fourth quarter or something like that. It's going to be 31 24 and people are going to say, Oh my God, a one score win by the chiefs. They freaking suck. Blah, blah, blah. It's just going to be a perfect ending in a season that they've done that countless times. All right. You heard it there. All three of us are picking the chiefs. So obviously the books are going to win a uh, huge. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on. You can follow him at Twitter at footnoted. That's with an E at the end of foot. Um, but his last name is pronounced foot. Uh, he was a writer for the sports illustrated chiefs, the arrowhead report. So you can read all of his stuff. He's also have a hundred players in a hundred days, correct. Leading up to the yep. draft. Um, so you can check that out. I caught one of the articles. I really liked it. Anything else you want to uh, plug for all of our fans globally? No, man. Just thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime we can bring Patrick Mahomes favorite writer on the show. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I forgot my last question. Sorry. Okay. So Miko, Miko Hardman. So the reason this is, this is Jordan, this is too classic. Let me tell you. (laughs) He was was in contact tracing because he was getting a haircut and then they had other people standing in line. I see you got the beard. Would you risk not being able to play in the Super Bowl and maybe getting COVID to have the drip? Because you know what they say? COVID is temporary. The drip is forever. It's permanent. That is what they said. So, um, I know the barber who did it. I'm not going to throw him. <laughs> wow. He, he is. I went to his shop before. I've never Ooh. let him cut my hair because he's too cool for people like me. Um, <laughs> I have to get the haircut. I think like, even though yeah. with COVID, like there aren't going to be as many photo ops and like close-ups and stuff like that. The camera people are still going to be out there. Yeah. And you're still going to get that exposure. So, man, I think that you got to get the cut. But, man. And you've and seen the, the cameras is, they've been using for some of those broadcasts. Yeah, These things are crisp. You got to be lined up. The thing is, like, dude tested negative heading into yeah. the thing. And then he was positive. So, I, I think I would risk it just for the haircut. Risk it, heard it there. Risk it. I was yeah. just going to say that. Risk got it for it. the biscuit. <laughs> the three boys getting the haircut, even if that means getting COVID and not playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Jordan, appreciate you coming on. And uh, good luck on Sunday. Yeah, thank you, guys.